Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rural Spark. I'm your host, Helen Murphy. You know, we often hear about really good things coming out of co-working spaces, or maybe they're maker spaces where things can be tested in manufacturing and, and prototypes, or business acceleration spaces. But what happens when all three of these types of entrepreneurial supports are located in the same space? What kind of synergies help make good things happen? Well, that's what's happening in Whitehorse with an organization called Uconstruct. It's a nonprofit that provides creators, makers, and entrepreneurs with the equipment and knowledge they need to develop and market their new ideas. We've invited the very enthusiastic executive director of Uconstruct, Lana Selby, to join us on the podcast today to share that story. Hello, Lana, and welcome to Rural Spark. Hello. Yes. Thanks for having me. Well, we're really interested in what you're doing there with your team at Uconstruct because of the model that you have for supporting entrepreneurs and creators in Whitehorse. It's, it's different than what we often see in other communities. Um, but before we dive into that, it would uh, serve us all well, I think, to have a little bit of context. And not all of us are really familiar with the demographics of Whitehorse. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about the community before we get into what you're doing there at your organization. Sure. Yes. Well, so I live in Yukon's capital city, which is Whitehorse, and, and I'm really honored to do, you know, the work that I do with, with Uconstruct every day on the traditional territories of the Kwanlin Dun First Nation and the Tonquetchen Council. So there's slightly less than 40,000 people who actually live in the, in the whole territory. And people, I find people really live here and love it here because there's this amazing balance of, of life and play. You know, Whitehorse is a capital city, so it really has everything you could need in terms of amenities, a great community. But it's very rural, we're, you know, we're just surrounded by the most breathtaking landscapes. So everyone here just loves to be really active and, and outdoors and we probably play as much as we work. And most of the population does live in Whitehorse. I'd say about 75% of, of the territory's population is in Whitehorse. I think another important thing to say about the Yukon and just understanding it is the culture and the leadership of, of Yukon First Nations is really inspiring here. There are 14 First Nations in the Yukon and 11 have settled their land claims and are self-governing. So First Nation development corporations and First Nation businesses are really major drivers of innovation and disruption and, and economic diversification. And if you want to learn more about that, I would, I would point people towards the Yukon First Nation Chamber of, of Commerce. And, you know, the work we do with Uconstruct is, is really to support the goals here of, of our economy and our, our governments and our communities to diversify our economy and grow a really, really strong territory. But growing businesses and industries like technology and, and renewable energy, tourism, um, and film and media, and so many more areas. So it's a really, it's, it's a small place, but it's a really dynamic and exciting and growing place. It sounds it, and you're you're doing a little bit for the recruitment effort for people to go there. I think <laughs> maybe maybe if only Excellent. to visit. It is. Yeah. I was there once, and it is it is stunningly beautiful. You're right, and you know when we look at uh, the innovative approaches to uh, rural economic development and and social development, it's really interesting that you're you're pointing out the uh, the leadership and the collaboration with the First Nations communities there. And and thank you for pointing out that link where people can find out more. Um, we do find that a lot of the Indigenous communities in Canada are where uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, really innovative things happening that can be maybe. Uh, adopted and adapted to to other rural communities. 
but when we look at these examples, like what you're doing at You Construct, we really like to take a, a glance back to how it all started. I mean, a lot of people, when they're looking at how do we start things in our community, they benefit from knowing that story. So can you tell us a little bit about the genesis of You Construct? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really neat story. It's a really cool story to me. And I think that a lot of communities will, will really appreciate it and, and resonate with it. You know, we, we now are in this beautiful North Light Innovation space, uh, over 20,000 square feet. But this whole organization and, and the whole process we've been through really sparked with just a small idea and a community meeting. So I believe it was in, in about 2014, and you know, there are a group of, of people, the original innovators, you could say that, that got this idea and, and they said, okay, well, let's put, out, let's put out a call to the community. And the initial idea started with just a makerspace. And so they asked, you know, who would be interested in getting a makerspace up and running in Whitehorse? And they found a room to hold a meeting and said, there'll be pizza and thought, you know, maybe 30 people will show up. And so when over 200 people came to that meeting, wow. everyone was kind of just blown away. And obviously they had to order a lot more pizza. And the people that showed up from the community were very diverse, right? Like different ages and backgrounds, really different, different visions, different passions about what the space would be for. But there is this unity around the idea of a space to share skills and share equipment and share knowledge with one another. So that's actually where it started. It's just simply with a community meeting. And then, you know, a group came together to say, okay, let's do this. Uh, they initially got funding. They were supported by a grant from Territorial Government's Community Development Fund. And they were able to launch in a 3,500 square foot double white trailer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the garage in the back was a converted into a wood shop. So it started really small and and it was 100% volunteer led uh, for years and really driven by the community and I think that's kind of an important piece is you know if, if you're able to bring people together and really build that shared vision I think it's it's very very possible to build something like this a concept like this you know where you've got you know shared resources shared equipment shared desks mm -hmm. And can you tell us, uh, Lana, what exactly is a makerspace? Absolutely, yeah. So a makerspace is essentially a space where the community is able to access equipment. So, for example, what you'll find in our makerspace now—it's incredible. It's now it's we've got about seven thousand square feet, and we've got a full wood shop. Wow! So planers, jointers, um, table saws—everything you would need lays, wood lays, we've got CNC, routers, 3D printers, laser cutters, sewing, um, we've got an electronics lab. So it's really about providing the equipment that people need to build to create, to prototype ideas, to test things out. And then also, usually most makerspaces will also have programming where you're doing education, you're doing training, you're helping people to learn how to use the equipment. You know, they might come in with a project idea and have no idea, do I use a 3D printer? Do I use a laser cutter? How do I, how do I build this? How do I test this? And we'll have the, the resources and the knowledge in the community to, to build with people, to educate and to share knowledge. 
So it's a really cool model of helping people. I mean, really at the core of what we do, both as a makerspace and a broader organization, is help people bring their ideas to life. Yeah, it sounds really terrific. And and what I'm impressed with where you where you are now is that you actually have this makerspace and you have co-working space and you have business acceleration. In a lot of communities, we'll see one or two or maybe even three of those kinds of supports available, but often they're with different organizations and different actual physical spaces. So why was it important with your organization to have these three main components come together? And what kind of benefits are you seeing come out of that? Uh, co-existence. Yeah, and this is where, to me, the story is so cool and one that I'm excited to share with other communities because I think there are kind of two really important things here. And the first is, uh, for us, it was a lot about sustainability, you know, as um, just a makerspace and the makerspace. Initially, we we launched a co-working space and it was a separate location. Mm -hmm. We're running two separate locations and each one you know, on, on a smaller scale. And it was really clear for our organization that we needed to go a little bit bigger and we needed to find a way to combine these efforts and then, you know, add in that entrepreneurial training and support, which, you know, the governments are really, they're really excited to see that. They're excited to see efforts of like, okay, well, it's not, you know, we're, we're not just building things. We're not just providing desk space. We're also supporting and helping grow companies and so diversifying the economy. So in terms of sustainability, pulling these concepts together and surrounding them with, with, with deeper support to actually grow companies, grow businesses, support entrepreneurs was really important in terms of, you know, this building, I would say that shared vision with our community and funders and supporters and but also for our community, for the entrepreneurs, um, you know, for people that are, working out of our space, using a shared desk space, or maybe renting an office, being able to access all of these resources in one space is so powerful. You know, if, if you come in and, and you say, I've got an idea, okay, great. We'll, we'll get you one-on-one -on -one business support. And then, okay, I'm ready to start. And so, okay, here's a desk, you can work from here and we can connect you into this broader community and when you're ready to prototype, we'll walk you over to the makerspace and mm. here's all the equipment you need. And then when you're ready to launch your business, we'll put you into a boot camp, and you know, we'll get you mentors and we'll get you coaching. So it's just so easy to walk in the front door and be surrounded by the right kind of supports. I want to take a quick moment here to thank our sponsor, ExploreNet. Rural broadband is getting a lot of attention these days and ExploreNet has been a champion for rural Canadians for over 15 years. With their nationwide network, no matter where you choose to live, ExploreNet can keep you connected to what matters. If you want to find out more about what ExploreNet services are available in your area, check out their website at ExploreNet.com. That's X-P-L-O-R-N-E-T dot com. And when you talk about those deeper supports, you also, there's some key players there. You have that higher education partnership, right, with Yukon College and with the local economic development agency. Tell me about that collaboration and, and how it helps yield good results. Yeah, they're so important. And another, I guess that's almost the third pillar of, of why this model is so, I think, impactful and successful is that we've brought 
in these partners that are so pivotal to what we're doing. So the Yukon College's Department of Innovation and Entrepreneurship being the space is great because we're now connected in, you know, to the college here, which is, is becoming a university and connected into, you know, the, the students and the programming that they're running. But they're also working with us to support the companies and the businesses that are getting up and running in our, our space, you know, so we're working with the Department of Innovation and Entrepreneurship to really say, how do we, how do we help entrepreneurs that come in with an idea? How do we help them to get from idea, you know, all the way through their journey to when they're growing, when they're commercializing? So it's a really cool partnership for us to work together with them, with the college in that way. And, you know, the governments are huge supporters in everything that we've done. And working with CANNOR, um, which is the federal government, mm -hmm. and the Yukon government's Department of um, Economic Development, you know, bringing all these partners in, we're able to really sit down together and create a shared vision for how do we support innovators and entrepreneurs in the Yukon. And that, to me, is the exciting piece, is that we're in the same space, we're sitting at the same table, and we're creating the shared vision together. Because you really need that, I would say. You know, you need a shared vision in the in the private sector, with government, you know, the local university or college, um, and your nonprofit organizations. You really need to be able to build that shared vision of you know, this base of support and growth for local entrepreneurs and companies. Right. And you know, there's obviously, as you're articulating, lots of benefits from having these uh, different partners at the table and also these different participant groups that use the space. But I'm assuming there's also challenges, right? There's, uh, you know, maybe it's not always easy to get everybody on the same page, as you noted, is so important. So many different perspectives, so many different interests. How, how is uh, UConn's Trucks approach to managing that, to navigating those differences? It's a, it's a great question because it's very true. Obviously, you if you bring in, that's it's been such an interesting experience for us. We have over 200 members of UConstruct that use the space now between our co-working space and our maker space and our business services. And, and then, you know, we have multiple tenants, lots of small businesses. We've got over 20 micro offices. You know, the, the government is in the space, college is in the space. And we all obviously have different ideas and, and, and different thoughts and different goals. But what has really enabled us, I think, to come together and to build something that's as amazing and incredible as Northlight is the ability to sit and have conversations. And so we might not always do things the same way or have the same goals or vision, but we're really committed to, at the end of the day, supporting Yukon entrepreneurs, supporting Yukon innovators, supporting people in our territory that have great ideas. We're here to support them. So that shared vision, I think building from that shared vision and communicating really well mm -hmm. <laughs> and communicating a lot is, is what keeps all of that together. Because, you know, whenever we're, we might have differences of a vision, we can come back to okay, but we're all here at the end of the day to support the innovators and the entrepreneurs that are in our territory. And that just keeps us all going. And I think it keeps us all on the same page as well. Right. And you mentioned Northlight. Now, is UConn, how is it structured? Is UConn Struct the overall umbrella organization and Northlight uh, operates the space? So UConstruct is a nonprofit organization and we are the, the managers and the operators of Northlight Innovation. And so Northlight Innovation is 
the name of this building in this space where we mm. brought all of these uh, partners together and where we're all kind of co-creating this really cool entrepreneurial innovation ecosystem. Right. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. I, I hear the two names and I just wanted to make sure I was clear on the relationship there and the roles. There's got to be some great stories coming out of that space, Lana. What are, what are a couple of your favorite stories of seeing uh, synergies happen and uh, success happen among participants? Yeah, there, there are so many. It's, it's really exciting. And, and some of them I think are, are co- companies growing and, and launching and, and becoming really successful. And some of them are really small, like people quitting jobs um, or, or trying something new or learning a skill. And in, in, this, in this space, there's actually a great pl- place uh, on our website if you're interested in mm-hmm. getting a better understanding of, oh, who's in, who's in the space? What kind of companies are there? On our website, youconstruct.com, we have um, an our members page. And we, we have links to a lot of the different companies and entrepreneurs that are working out of our space. Um, and there's so many in really different industries. So from technology, like Proof or Prosquita or Prendo, um, there's social enterprises like Rivers to Ridges, um, media companies, Outpost 31. So really exciting companies mm-hmm. growing in the, in the North Light building and in, in the ecosystem here. Uh, you know, in technology, Proof is a really, really cool example of a Yukon tech startup. And they're working with governments across Canada to do something really cool, which is digitize and streamline their paper processes. Oh, wow. Huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and they recently participated in Techstars, Techstars Accelerator in Toronto. And, and they're you know, rapidly growing across Canada. Uh, and another really cool technology startup that um, is operating our space is Prosquita which is a, a Yukon startup company founded in 2015. And Prosquita specializes in the development of advanced sport performance measurement technology. And they've actually developed products to make training more efficient. They are able to enhance the athlete's performance through using data. Wow. And their technology is being used by the world's top ski nation. Um, so that's a really, really cool work that's happening mm-hmm. uh, from Prosquita. And you know, when, when, when they were launching, when Prosquito was just getting going many years ago, they were able to prototype in our makerspace. They were able to have office space, you know, desk space as, as they were growing. So we're seeing companies like this becoming successful. And it's, it's really, really cool to be able to look at the different things that we're able to support them on their journey, like having access to affordable office space, having mm-hmm. access to prototyping equipment, um, it sounds re- like it, it really lowers the cost of entry, right? It really lowers, yeah. lowers the cost of taking your idea and developing it over time and going through the steps that you need to step without spending a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's really, really exciting that's happening through the creation of this shared space where there's entrepreneurs and startups and makers, uh, you know, innovators, creatives of all types is that as companies are growing, you know, as people are having wins and successes, we're able to share them with one another and we're able to, to, to talk and to share experiences. And so mentorship is just kind of happening naturally, mm-hmm. which is, I think, really, really important. You know, it's not just having access to equipment. It's also having access to people that can say, oh yeah, I've been there. I've done that. 
you know, let me help you. Let me talk mm-hmm. to you. Let me, let me support you in this journey. So that mentorship and that community piece is really important. Yeah, I think sometimes it's just getting the right people in the room together, right? It doesn't have to be overly structured, but you get the right people in the room together and, you know, stuff is going to happen and ideas are going to percolate and people will help each other. Yes, yes, over and over again. <laughs> you know, there, there may be some folks in our listening audience wondering if this kind of multifaceted model for community economic development support might work in their rural areas. Are there certain community characteristics that you feel um, you see in your community that would best lend themselves to that kind of approach? I do think that community interest and support is really important in creating a shared space. The model that we've done, I think, absolutely can work for 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 any community and probably one of the most important things to understand is what's really needed you know like what's already happening in the community what who's here and what are they doing and what resources do they need so you know it might be starting with kind of as you constructed starting with a maker space or it could be starting with a co-working space Mm -hmm. um, or it could be a little bit of both and I think it really comes down to, you know, the people who are involved. It, it really needs to be driven by passion and right. by the community, I would say. So, so don't forget that that piece, it's, it's so important, you know, even more than obviously things, things like uh, funding are really important and mm-hmm. kind of broader support from, you know, cities or, or governments. Um, but really look to the people that have vision and, and that are passionate about building just a, a shared space, right? Like a, a shared community where people can come together to, to grow and to develop. It's really all about the people you get in the room. Right. And based on your experience and those who came before you with the organization, Lana, are there any pitfalls that you think folks should watch out for um, if, if they're thinking about going down this path? I think one of the biggest challenges in building and growing a community, <laughs> a community space, is it's built around community and kind of as you touched on earlier, you're going to get people with so many different ideas and different visions and that's okay. You know, there's always going to be that tension mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of what we've learned through the journey is, you know, as we're growing and as, as we're developing people kind of come in and, and people might also go out, but building that shared vision together is, is really really important Um, you know it's important to be able to bring in the right people and to to really build the resources around the people but also be open be open Mm -hmm. to what the community wants and what the community needs and and so I think there's like there's all these different elements of of having a vision but also just being open to what develops as you bring people together. Yeah, it might surprise you. Right. So you might have a plan that we're going to go from A to B, but I guess you have to be you know, open to the idea that it's not necessarily going to go that straight and that there might be some, some twists and turns that are quite valuable along the way. Absolutely. Yes. And working in community, you know, there's always going to be a struggle between different visions and, and different desires and what pe- different people think is, is the right path to take. And just knowing, I think, that, that that's okay. And communication is really important. And, and bringing people together and building together is really important. 
Right. Thank you so much, Lana, for sharing the story. And I would encourage listeners who are interested in learning more to visit your website and um, see what's happening at the facility, see some of the businesses. And uh, hopefully you're open to people giving you a shout too, if they'd like to learn more. Absolutely. We are so open to connecting. I'd love to talk to you if you have questions um, for your own community. How could we do something like this? Absolutely. Anytime. I'm happy to connect with anyone. And we're always looking to build to build connections and, and also come and visit. Everyone's <laughs> always welcome to come and visit. Whitehorse is a beautiful place. Well, there's nothing quite like seeing it in person, is there? <laughs> thank exactly. You, thank you so much, Lana, uh, for being on the Rural Spark podcast today. And uh, we'll be following along and seeing how things develop at Construct. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, bye-bye. And thanks to all of you for joining us this week on Rural Spark. Our team includes content producer Catherine Murphy and technical producer Tara Seabarth. Music is by Jason Shaw. We wish you all the very best for the week ahead in your part of rural Canada.